0: and welcome to the Heart of the Piano podcast. Uh, I'm really super excited today. I've got a pianist called Olga Georgievskaya, who is actually um, on the phone with me from... Are you in Moscow at the moment, Olga?
1: Yes, yes. Yes. Uh, Hi, (laughs) Bob.
0: Excellent. So um, I actually came across um, Olga's CD, which has some amazing transcriptions. There's this incredible transcription of the Vitali Chaconne, which we'll talk about during the course of this podcast, uh, during this interview. And um, amazing playing, beautiful Russian soulful playing with these amazing transcriptions as well. The CD has the bach Busoni Chaconne, the Rachmaninoff Second Sonata, the, the Vitaly Chaconne, and a couple of other pieces. So... Where I discovered this CD because I was interested in playing the Rachmaninoff Sonata and the bach Shakan, Chacon, and I was very interested in the theme of whether or not both these pieces had references to bells. Now the Rachmaninoff obviously has references to, to bells all the way through this piece. The Bach Busoni, I wasn't sure, so I so I Googled uh, Rachmaninoff Sonata, Bach Busoni Shikon uh, Bells, and then this CD came up with this incredible uh, recording of the Vitaly Shikon. So so can I can I ask you first of all, Olga, and then and then we'll um, uh, chat more about your your general background. Is there a purposeful theme of bells running throughout the the two Shikons and the Sonata?
2: Oh, <laughs> thank <laughs> you so much for all your kind and lovely words. I thank you so so much.
0: <laughs> oh, you're uh, welcome.
2: No, it was not. No, it was not my purpose. No, uh, oh. just uh, uh, Rachmaninoff. It's my favorite composer. Uh, mm. Maybe the most favorite I can say. Mm. Uh, and also, of course, I love so much uh, these works and Bach and uh, mm, all this music that I recorded for a CD. Mm. <laughs>
1: maybe so I, because
2: I... it's. Uh, General team for Rachmaninoff music. Uh, generally, maybe it's because of this, but uh, no, it was not my special purpose.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: okay. So I was wondering if in your transcription of the Vitali Shikon, there were bits of it that I thought really sounded like bells. <laughs> Am I reading too much into that? Because I've, I've been dying to ask you that.
2: Uh, <laughs> I think it's very, very interesting impression for me also. Um, actually, I think uh, that uh, there are some... Uh, it's difficult uh, for me to formulate, for me to explain even for myself, but I feel uh, like uh, there are some common things... Uh, between the um, Chacon general I mean like a musical form Mm. and Rachmaninoff music uh, even in this second sonata and maybe Mm -hmm. more for me um, in the variation uh, after Corelli team I imagine uh, this piece uh, almost like a Chacon
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
2: (laughs) for me uh, there is something common in a formal procedure of music in a uh, maybe method of musical development of uh, the musical teams with this Baroque music yeah, and uh, Rachmaninoff texture, Rachmaninoff pieces. Yeah,
0: I went to see um, uh, a recital where a, a, a British pianist was playing the Rachmaninoff Second Sonata and they were introducing oh. And, and, and th- they introduced <laughs> it by saying, um, they were talking a bit about it and saying, right, yes, this piece, it's it's kind of in sonata form, but really... There's not much of that form in there and it's just a stream of consciousness and you just have to sort of play it, whatever comes up. And then and I I I personally was horrified by that description of it. And and by the way that she played it, I was like, it bothered me that she was playing something that she described didn't really have much structure. <laughs> to me, there's a very, very clear sonata form and and structural form but he does really sort of extra interesting things with it is that something that that you'd kind of uh, agree with or disagree with no i don't think so really (laughs) Um,
2: no i don't think so actually okay i think that i didn't have the special task to analyze the formal structure and the formal uh, procedure of the sonata just, I had uh, my impression from the performance point of view, like uh, after a lot, of, um, a lot of interpretation, a lot of uh, concert with this program, with this sonata. Mm. But it was not my special analyzing or the task of this kind, uh, no.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: so maybe maybe because of this, uh, it's a little bit difficult to say immediately. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah. for me, yes, yeah, this is a formal sonata for sure. It's obvious. Also, mm. some kind of analogy with the baroque music, and also, which is important for me, and I hear actually this music in that way, <clears throat> that uh, we have something initial, some initial melodies, some initial theme, which is the main theme, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, all the all the music materials in this great work and in this strong work. Mm. Uh, derived from this initial intonation, from these initial materials. Of course, it's not only for this sonata. we can say uh, almost the same about some list works, for example.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but here, uh, all these uh, voices, all these themes, all these harmonical structures, and so on, are combinated, are, um, they exist together at the same moment, uh, the same moment uh, like uh, in a real polyphony and like in a special kind of uh, Russian polyphony uh, which is which derived from the folk music mm-hmm. when we don't have, for example, uh, you know, four, five or three or just two voices at uh, the same time but in one, wo- in one moment we can have three or four and the next moment just one because all of them um, again uh, became like a one voice and it changed all the time, uh, very quickly, mm. very fast. Mm. Uh, like a very sophisticated, very complicated um, kind of uh, this polyphonic sounding, of this polyphonic structure. Uh, I don't know if, uh, uh, if I'm clear enough with this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well um, so I think from uh, what I understand is that you're saying that, that the Russian folk music is polyphonic in, in a way that um, sometimes it's in unison and then other times there's lots of voices, sometimes it's two. Um, it, have I understood that right?
2: Yes, yes.
0: Um, that sounds amazing because I've then realised that I don't think I've heard Russian folk music along um, those lines. Where can people from outside of Russia get to get to know um, Russian folk music in that kind of style?
2: Uh Yes, of course it's, uh, it's not always uh, because uh, like everywhere there are a lot, lot of kinds of music and for example just with one voice uh, and so on, but very often it's very characteristic, very common, uh, mm-hmm. this special kind of polyphony, uh, which mm-hmm. is not like a permanent uh, coexisting of some voices, yeah. but very, yeah, like structure like this, and I feel uh, the same kind of structure uh, in Rachmaninoff's of music inside of this music, but not mm. only with different voices, also with, for example, the different material or the same material. And I think it's especially interesting if the different kind of themes or materials actually um, derived from the one from the one initial theme, one initial right. intonation. Wow, mm. <laughs> is <laughs> yeah. is
0: there a CD? Which would be particularly representative that um, would be possible for people who are not familiar with Russian folk music to listen to, to go, ah, this is this is what we're talking about.
2: Uh, Yes, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, if you let me know afterwards, maybe I can put it into the show notes. So uh, if anyone's listening, uh, who's interested, I'll, I'll put uh, CDs later in the show notes that reflect this kind of stuff. I absolutely want to hear this. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm very interested in world music. And Um, try as much as possible to listen to as much of folk music and and general music. I have listened to a lot of Russian gypsy music, which is gorgeous, but I don't think I've heard the the kind of music that that you're describing. The closest thing that I can think of is something like, um, I think about 20 years ago, there was a Bulgarian choir that got very, very famous internationally that sang these very pungent, sort of um uh close harmony uh choral pieces um i i don't know is it something that would be kind of similar to that
2: uh i can say exactly because actually i haven't heard this but uh, okay. maybe yeah something relative i can suppose mm. yes
0: Okay, well well, well, we'll chat. We'll chat later about that, and I'll put some CDs in the show notes because uh, that that sounds absolutely amazing. But yeah, anyway, so basically, <laughs> we jumped straight into <laughs> bells and, and Rachmaninoff, um, and, and really, I mean, I guess, I, I guess I've been a little bit selfish. In asking you onto the podcast, because uh, actually, you know, I'm really fascinated to hear what what you uh, can say about pieces that I'm personally learning at the moment. But also for, for the general, <laughs> for, 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 but for general <laughs> listeners as well, can you um, tell us a little bit about you as a musician? You know, how your education and uh, your your background, uh, the career. Uh, uh, I think not only as a as a pianist, but um, uh, in your academic life as well.
2: Uh, I am graduated from the Moscow Conservatory as a pianist and uh, this field to uh, give a concert and to play a concert program, this is the main field of uh, my activity also for the moment, also today. Uh, but uh, some years later, um, I started to teach. So I have a piano class in the university uh, mm-hmm. and I have some piano students um, academic career even I couldn't say like this I have made this uh, paper this work for a PhD degree uh, some years later after the Moscow conservatory uh, and actually the um, initial idea was not to write something to write the paper but it was just some third some ideas after uh, the interpretation of Rakhmanino's music And uh, for pianists here, for um, piano tradition, piano school here in Russia, um, it's very common, it's very known that um, Rachmaninov's texture sounds like polyphonic music. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But actually nobody or almost nobody didn't analyze this before. And uh, I think that it's an important... um, characteristic of this polyphony that to understand it, to analyze it, uh, actually it's necessary to hear this polyphony in music. So this practical mm-hmm. way like uh, beginning of Analyze uh, was really important I think for this work, for um, this uh, dissertation uh, and uh, of course also it was interesting. <laughs> Mm. and I tried to analyze and to give some theoretical base um, after my hearing after interpretation Um, and uh, also in this work uh, I analyzed some interpretation by composers because uh, also he was a very famous pianist so uh, Mm -hmm. we have some recording of his interpretation Mm -hmm. Um, also it was very interesting to analyze this Mm. to understand to try to understand this uh, polyphonic sounding uh, in his music also in some different pieces but uh, played by him
0: so so you were examining how he brought out polyphony as a concert pianist yes No.
2: Um, yeah
0: is there anything that, that you can tell us briefly about how spe- special ways that, that he um, dealt with polyphony as a, as a pianist? Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> very, very good question. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: put you on the spot. There. <laughs> uh,
2: I think that, um, uh, this is like, a, uh, to have, to, to be able to play a polyphonical structure, um, it's needed to have a different kind or special, special kind of hearing. Mm. Uh, so for me, it's like um, we have a possibility uh, or you know, different kinds for hearing. For harmonical structure, this is uh, one kind. For a polyphonical structure, it's another kind. Mm. Um, it's not like uh, something given um, by nature because we can develop it and we should develop it, actually.
3: Mm. Uh, for
2: my students sometimes I try to explain in very in a very easy examples but sometimes I try to explain um, something with a connection with these uh, thoughts and uh, usually I give this example that for example any um, all of us uh, we have the possibility to talk to think, uh, to possibility to just for our speech uh, in mm-hmm. the future. But when uh, we are just uh, very, very young children, uh, it doesn't mean that we have the possibility for Russian or English or French and so on. So mm-hmm. it depends on our uh, how we can uh, speak uh, of the people who are around us. and It means their culture and country and so on. So mm-hmm. I think that Uh, About musical hearing, Uh, all of us, we have the possibility to develop the polyphonical uh, hearing and the harmonical hearing. And of course, the professionals should have both of them. Mm. Uh, But actually, it depends a lot uh, on the music uh, which is around us. I think that today is mostly harmonical structure and much less the polyphonic music,
1: Mm.
2: (laughs) maybe because of this. Um, this side of our hearing, uh, our harmonical hearing, I think it's much, uh, it's more developed uh, for sure than the mm-hmm. polyphonical side, but uh, I think and I'm sure because uh, very often I work with these, with my students, with uh, different pianists, of course it's possible and uh, we should have it. So it's like a special kind of hearing and... Uh, if you develop this kind, this side of hearing, you have like a space, like a sounding space uh, to hear in a special way uh, all the structure uh, which are in the base of sonata or shakon or any musical form. Mm.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that, that so neatly takes me into one question that, that I wanted to ask you and the uh, one of the, the big, big reasons that I wanted you on the podcast, which is when when I listen to your CD, yes, it really strikes me how incredibly well-developed your ability to communicate counterpoint, polyphony and structure is. I mean, especially in something like the bach Busoni Chaconne. It's such a difficult piece in so many ways because it's so it's it's so flawed. <laughs> it's 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 oh. especially compared to the violin, you know, the violin original. It's it really demands very special skills in being very sympathetic to all of the counterpoints in the structure. And you really pull it off. Um, and then something else that struck me, which is that when I um, uh, got your transcription of the Vitali Chacon and I was playing it, I realised just how difficult it was to breathe life to it and, and do justice to it in the way that you did, because um, your sense of structure and polyphony is so well developed. <laughs> so I instantly, <laughs> I instantly discovered. Ah, oh, yes, there's a bit more to this. <laughs> um, so... so
2: thank you. Your words are so very, very inspiring for me. <laughs>
0: Um, well, it was it was a pleasure to 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 listen to it and and work with it. Now, so so basically, uh, you know, when I listen to your CD, there is this incredibly well developed sense of uh, that, all the stuff I was talking about, structure and counterpoint. But also, <clears throat> like I said at the beginning, deep, and I mean really deep soul and feeling, and and I think those two things together. Um, well, I mean, having the the the. Um, the structure and the clarity and the counterpoint with all of this amazing expression and soul really, I, I wanted to ask you, yeah. How, how do you, how do you approach that? Uh, how do you teach that when you, when you're playing, when you're recording, how do you bring all those things together?
1: Oh,
2: thank you so <laughs> much. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm- just, I think uh, there are two very, two extremely important things for me here for piano playing. Uh, uh, the first uh, of them is the hearing, because actually we can play just that that we are uh, that we hear in a most distinct, in a more, uh, most cl- uh, clearest way,
3: mm.
2: and uh, about this, uh, we can say that. Uh, It's like a common expression, not not literally, but the sense is uh, that we don't play uh, by our fingers, but uh, we play by our ears, by our hearing.
0: Mm. Yes, yes.
2: And uh, (laughs) of course it's uh, necessary to to have um, in the best way possible uh, all that we need to play in our hearing Mm. Uh, and this is the only way to to make it possible in the real sound <laughs> mm. Mm. Uh, uh, I think this is maybe the most important thing uh, for hearing of all of these structures and polyphonical and uh, all of structure in music and uh, uh, how to how to make possible uh, to express uh, Something uh, including these structures or your hearing or just a character of music, or the image and so on, uh, uh, into ca- how to put all of these things in your interpretation. Um, I have very, very clear image of this and uh, it's based. Uh, on the On our tradition, on the tradition of uh, Russian piano school,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: I think it 's very natural and the main idea of this uh, at least in my words <laughs> for me, is the following that uh, the main uh, um, main means to express uh, something in music uh, is the sound i mean mm-hmm. in most general meaning of this. Uh, For pianists, this is piano sound. Hmm. Uh, It's not the way to... uh, Composer, he uh, he or she, the composer, puts a lot lot of notes uh, in the structure to compose the sonata or any piece, and this structure uh, uh, gives us an image. I think for composer, yes, because composer used the harmony, polyphony, and so on, and make the texture of this image. But for performer, for our interpretation, uh, the main task is to um, put all the structure into the sound. And uh, Mm. this is very uh, natural consequence from the essence of uh, art of music because what is music? Music, this is art of sound. Mm. Music, if it's only written in this course, maybe it's clear for professionals, but it's not music. It's not Mm. something sounding. Mm. So, if we consider that music generally is the art of sound, uh, it's obvious the next step is the sound is our main uh, thing to do something. Yes. So, we should think about the character of this sound, about the color of this sound. And for example, it's very primitive, very <laughs> um, the first example. And so, it's not so maybe so good to explain in a high word. But um, if uh, you have um, a said piece, you should firstly find the said sound. <laughs> Mm. Because just to play in a minor key or something like this, of course it's necessary, but it's given by composer. It's not ours, it's not by performers. Mm. Mm-hmm. And what the performers could do just to find um, a sound for this. And so uh, our main task is to find the kind of sound, the color of sound. Mm.
1: Uh,
2: for this, the initial condition, the necessary condition, uh, is to have... Um, initial quality of of it Uh, the quality of this sound with which we can work and find different colors and a lot of different colors and finally to express something
1: Mm -hmm.
2: so it's a little bit it's not the same it's another side of um, interpretation of performance processes but of course it's also in a very close connection with the hearing because uh, if I ask the, if I make the next question, and if I ask how exactly uh, can we make this, uh, so yes. um, it's the same, it's the same answer. Uh, you should hear this
0: <laughs> firstly, and mm, then you yes. can
2: make it. Yes, <laughs> but without yes. hearing, it's not possible.
0: <laughs> yes. And, so and two again, different
2: think... sides, but
0: yeah. <laughs> I think we were sort of chatting about this briefly on on WhatsApp. That um, I, I understand. I think that that the that the Russian school of, of piano technique is sort of driven by very strongly imagine the color of the sound that you want and then let the body discover how to make that. Would that be a, a reasonable way of describing it? Whereas maybe other styles of, of teaching, um, uh, other schools of piano teaching are more you you hold your fingers and your hand in this way to make this kind of color. Um, is that a reasonable... <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> no, but uh, actually I think that Yes, uh, many professionals maybe they have uh, these possibilities after uh, after a professional school, but um, unfortunately, it happens very often that they don't realize what exactly they have, mm. and so it's not a good thing because it there is a great risk that uh, it will be it could be lost actually. <laughs>
1: mm.
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's really very important to understand to try to analyze this and to understand what happens how it works yeah, just to yes. have it of course it's, it's good but it's not enough
0: so 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 you're saying that that it's important to be aware of the the fact that the most important thing is to have the intention of hearing and perceiving the color of the sound in your mind first and that's the most important thing uh, yes of course. yes yes of course. excellent uh, yeah 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 <laughs> so what about um in terms of of technique in terms of actual sort of physical things once you have the the colors once you have the sound in your mind what practical ways are there to help bring those out in in uh in terms of how you physically approach the piano Uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) ah
2: really excellent questions (laughs) (laughs)
0: Or, or, or do you prefer um, that that step is intuitive, once you really know what the, you're very clear what the sound is?
2: Um, so, um, I think, uh, and even I can say that I know that the initial and necessary condition is to have um, quality of sound. Technically, if I'm trying to explain how to have it with, uh, during the piano playing, um to have a really deep sound, it means um, when I begin, when I try to um, put my fingers uh, on the keyboard, uh, it should not stop them at the line where physically uh, the keyboard exists.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So there, are, there is no stop uh, at this line at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, the movement. Uh, maybe even inner movement uh, inside uh, really inside of your hand of your fingers it continues and is absolutely endless uh, so you can imagine like we reach the bottom of keyboards mm-hmm. but actually um, it's not the case because it's continuous and continuous it's um, absolutely endless mm. and this is a condition for the this quality of sound and only um, with this quality of sound which is the first step and of course it's not possible to have immediately this quality and the different colors but this quality of sound uh, this is the base and this is initial condition to be able to have uh, later uh, the different colors of sound of the mm-hmm. same sound i want to say mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. yes and uh, so for many years, because it's not so easy, I think, in practicing, for many years, uh, we just uh, train this quality of approach of your fingers at the keyboards. Uh, and after this, the next step uh, is to um, try to uh, really be able to play with the different colors. But if we don't have this deepness of any key of any sound that we try to to make uh, real mm. <laughs> on piano, uh, so we can just imagine the different colors, but your sound uh, rests the same. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah and, uh, I
2: think it's not a, an easy question it's actually this is the work for many years <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes i'm asking I'm asking all these sort of uh very simple questions that I'm aware you can write entire books (laughs) as answers but (laughs) it doesn't mean we can't try (laughs) and in fact you know even books and books it's not really going to answer the question (laughs) um so yes I'm, I'm aware this is very deep um so the, yeah, here's, here's another question for you. Which again, this could be an an endless answer. But but you were talking um, about how important it is to um, to teach and to develop the the art of hearing, the art of hearing to develop uh, one's playing. Now, how do you practice hearing, and how do you teach hearing?
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Um. Mm, mm. In reality, I think uh, it depends on the kind of music. But for our programs, um, it's obligatory to have the different kinds of music every um, every some months, I think every semester. Yeah. Uh, so it means that um, every student, for example, uh, should play a polyphonic piece and a sonata form and some studies and so on and so on mm-hmm. every semester. So we practice... Uh, all the time different kinds of music, different kinds of structure, of style, and so on. Mm. And so, for example, the polyphonic pieces, which is, uh, uh, of course, for for these pieces, it's es- essential, it's the most important kind to play them in a good mm. way, is mm-hmm. this polyphonic hearing. And uh, for it's not obligatory for all our programs, but for my students, it's obligatory to be able to sing one voice and to play all others or other yes. voice if we, there are just two voices, uh, because it's uh, exactly like, if I remember, you have said in one of your podcasts, <laughs> yes. if, you, if you can't sing it, it means that you don't hear it. Yeah. And if you don't hear it, of course you can't play. <laughs>
1: yes,
3: yes. <laughs> uh,
2: even if uh, your homework, uh, I mean a homework of my student, doesn't uh, be uh, so good, of course I can hear this and I ask to play exactly this bar <laughs> mm,
1: because it's absolutely
2: mm-hmm. obvious where exactly you don't hear yes. <laughs> this combination and these voices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, for example, this. So... Um, I could say the different kinds of work, the different types of work, of practical work for different kinds of music. But finally, in one way or in another way, all of them have the common thing, the hearing Mm. (laughs) of structure, of texture and so on.
0: Do you find sometimes, when I'm teaching, I, I, I do find quite often the i think so many people have this belief that you really playing classical music is just about playing the right notes in the right order and um <laughs> it's so difficult it's so difficult when when you perceive it that way when uh, uh, you know i it seems fairly clear that when you can hear the music when you perceive the music away from the instrument that you are then going to be able to play it. But I think a lot of people, they just believe if you move your fingers in the at the right times and the right notes, that that's what it's all about. Do you find that, that some of your students, you have sometimes a little bit of a, a battle to really um, explain all the things that you've been talking about? Um, do they all buy in? Yeah, do they all sort of believe you when you when you say all this? Or do you find that some people are very resistant to seeing it that way?
2: Uh yes, I think some people are very resistant. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, not because they don't believe me, but because um sometimes maybe it's not too easy to understand this.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, I think so.
0: Yes but I, th- I think as well but yeah
2: uh, i think that uh, you know, finally we should understand i mean all the pianists all the performance uh, we should understand uh, what is our main goal what is our main aim hmm. uh during the interpretation during the performance processes. and so we have a score we have a musical text given by composer but uh, our task is to um, put it in a Sound in you know, a sound in music, mm, and mm. to express something by our means, like sound, for example, and this is the me yes <laughs> so yes it 's very important to have a good fingers, a good technical abilities, and it 's not also very important it 's necessary, of course, for the professionals, but finally, all your possibilities near the piano. And technical possibilities and your sound and and so on. All your possibilities is just like a language uh, to say something. And finally, in 20 or 25 years or uh, maybe later, uh, you will have a question. What exactly can I say if I have something to say which would be interesting for others, for people or Mm. not? Or it's just, yes, I can speak this language, but uh, (laughs) what else? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, so so to develop polyphonic hearing, uh, you described one way of practicing that, which is to sing, be able to sing one line, and being able to play the other uh, as you're doing it. Um, what other ways can um, do you think it's possible to develop polyphonic hearing, or, or polyphonic listening? <sighs>
2: Uh, this is the first way. I think this is the most effective mm-hmm. and the most important. Mm-hmm. But also, we very often we use the way uh, which the student uh, plays uh, one voice uh, and the teacher plays another voice at the, um, near, but with another piano,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, or right and left hands or different voices. Uh, so in mm-hmm. a various combination, but the words like this. I also advise uh, for my students, but it's not, it's a little bit more difficult, so not maybe for all of them, but I advise the exercise like this, if you take, um, for example, two voices inventions by Bach, so it's not uh, too difficult for mm. students, it should not be difficult, and you um, play uh, this piece just... Uh, separately, only right hand and only left hand, but not together, no one time,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you learn it to be able to play without the scores, mm-hmm. just by memory by heart, uh, no, right and left hand separately.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: and uh, after this, after doing this, you try uh, to put them together and to play all the music together, but without scores uh, if it's possible. Uh, Maybe not from the first time, uh, but if it's possible, after this, um, you can feel and you will feel for sure uh, another kind of hearing, another kind of this polyphonical hearing uh, by example of this piece. Mm, mm -hmm. Because actually to be able to do this, uh, to combine two voices, which you didn't play together before, Mm. but you know them, both of them, very well because you can play them. Mm -hmm. Uh, without scores and if you try and if you are successful uh, in this uh, without seeing a scores you will have inside of you in your inner hearing uh, like another kind of musical space exactly this another kind of hearing
0: Uh, interesting Um, of course
2: it's a little bit more difficult than just to to sing one voice uh, but also I think it's very effective way
0: And um, what do you do personally to get your own playing having such an incredibly well developed sense of polyphony? <laughs> Thank you. Because, <laughs> um, cause, I mean, I you uh... know, I would imagine most concert pianists have done all the stuff that you're describing, but but there's something really special about about you know your sense to really carry all these different lines in in something as um, as sophisticated as your your arrangement of the Vitali Shakan, the, the way that you keep all of the counterpoints going through that is superb. so what so what do you do uh, specifically
2: I'm thinking because uh, I can't say for the moment that uh, during my own practicing my own working um, I work with something special to develop this or maybe just I I didn't think about this (laughs) but of course uh, I try to hear and even no I don't try because I can't play If I'm not, uh, if I don't hear in a most distinct way Mm. all that uh, I want uh, to play, Mm, mm
1: -hmm. so
2: if I feel that I don't hear it as I want, Mm. um, I try maybe just to hear to play it separately, or mm, I don't know, just to hear if I feel it's not enough,
1: Mm. Uh,
2: and then yes, just to put this in your sound. and i think the the longest time during uh, my practicing and uh, i think this is for uh, maybe the most part of pianists, it's not to hear but it's to put uh, in your thing into your fingers into your sound Mm. what do you want exactly Mm. (laughs) because it's very important to understand and to hear but um, because of time uh, of course, it's not so long time to understand or to hear, and the longest time it's exactly uh, to put this into your sound, into your fingers.
0: <laughs> mm. Well, let, let's talk about the um, the, the Vitali Chaconne and, and some of the other transcriptions. I love, uh, I've always loved this this Vitali Chaconne. I, I do find it interesting how when I play, I love playing um, violin transcriptions on the piano, and almost always... Um, when I play it to any pianists who are not professional so so almost all amateur pianists have no idea of even the most famous violin repertoire uh, I find that a really sort of an interesting thing that pianists unless they're professionals only seem to listen to to piano music um, but but obviously yeah. you must have a love of uh, um, you know a lot of other different kinds of music what what True, you to the Vitali concan.
2: Uh, just I love so much this <laughs> piece. <laughs> I like the violin music. Yes, but actually, just this. <laughs> I love so much this music. I wanted to play it, mm. and because we didn't have, I think at least I don't know uh, any transcription of this, mm. like a concert piece, mm. a concert piano piece. Yes, I wanted to make it, <laughs> just to play.
0: Was, was there a particular recording <laughs> and, that, that you loved?
2: Uh, yes, uh, heave it. I think it's hefet, oh, of course. With the organ,
0: <laughs> I love that that <laughs> version. Yeah. Mm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, also for me, it's a very interesting question, generally. The polyphony in a violin music. I tried to analyze a little bit this kind of polyphony because the Bach of course Mm. this is the top of this but uh, for music for violin it's almost all the time just one voice uh, in a real sounding Mm, so how to make a polyphonic structure with this it's difficult even with the piano Mm. polyphony but with violin yes so it's i think it's incredibly interesting Mm. And so we have the examples of Bach polyphony for violin solo or uh, also for cello, but um, for violin firstly. Mm. And some examples of transcription of this violin music. I don't mean only the Puzoni, but also Rachmaninoff's transcription.
0: Yeah, I never got on with that one. Much as I adore, (laughs) Rachmaninoff's my favorite composer. I never really got on with this. (laughs) With that Bach violin transcription. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I think Godofsky (laughs) did amazing ones of the violin sonatas. Um, You've you've come across those, presumably. Do you you know the Godofsky Uh, Bach violin? Yes, yes, I know. Amazing. And I I can't help wishing that Godofsky had had a crack at the Chaconne instead of Brussoni. (laughs) 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 I mean, I I like the, the Bach Brussoni, but you know I've tried to learn it quite a few times and every time I sit down and try and learn it I'm just dissatisfied (laughs) it just doesn't quite work for me maybe that's my (laughs) failing I don't know I mean I just can't help but feel that structurally what Busoni does with it just doesn't quite hang together um I don't know if you know what I mean really but but you you've You've made such a good case for it on your recording. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
2: Yes, I think I understand you. And uh, yes, I also thought that uh, this transcription, Buzoni's transcription, it's not piece for violin. It's more like an organ piece or piano piece, mm. just with this musical material. Mm. Uh, but for example Rachmaninov's transcription from um, original its violin solo yes uh i think yes it uh, another kind of transcription and of course it was extremely interesting for me to learn it to try to understand how it made
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean yeah i think personally i think that, that the the violin and cello sonata Um, transcriptions are the most successful of that kind of thing. Although he really takes outrageous liberties (laughs) with, with the (laughs) the source material, but maybe that's why I like it because if you're going to do it and you're going to put it on the piano and you're going to change it really go over the top, then, you know, take it as far as it'll go. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's so many outrageous amounts of new, new polyphony just everywhere. Um, and I think that's why it works. He's not scared of of actually doing something very new with it. Um, and I think that Busoni and Rachmaninoff, they they kind of they they're trying to be sort of respectful, but they're also putting new things in. and And I feel, uh, um, yeah, like they're not quite sure how far to go. <laughs> do Do you know what I mean? Uh,
2: yes, I I absolutely agree with you. <laughs>
0: absolutely agree. yeah <laughs> and and so yeah certainly at the, the beginning of the bach Busoni chacon I feel um, I don't know I, I can never figure out how to play it in a way that just makes me go ah oh, ah oh, yeah that's it I've, that's I've got it like just starting it in the in the left hand um, it's too much like he's trying to recreate the original way it starts on the violin it just doesn't kind of work for me It starts off like it's trying to be the the Brahms uh, for left hand, which is you know very accurate. Um, I don't know. I've I've always struggled with it, <laughs> um, but I'd, I'd, I'm guessing that, that you haven't had quite that struggle. That, that you have that's the, the uh, a deep love of the Busoni version. <laughs> <laughs> um, I
2: um, I have a vision of. My It's not exactly to answer, but uh, maybe if I can say, uh, I have a vision of the general art of transcription. Mm. Uh, I can compare it with the art of uh, translation, maybe, mm. from one language into another. Because sometimes, and not sometimes, but mostly, uh, if you put just exactly the same words, it's not only not natural, not beautiful for mm. um, other language, but also it could be not, not exact. Because so many things depend on the context, on the culture, more more common cultural things. So the idea of this for me, it's to understand the main idea of the original work, original piece or original work, and uh, to put this idea in different field, in different language, mm. musical or uh, real language. Uh, so the literally translation, literally word by word, it's not a translation. Yes. And I don't want to say only that it's uh, not good, but also it could be not exact. Mm. It could be not right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the art of transcription is a little bit the same. Uh, of course, the piano, it's possible to play. The piano, all the notes uh, which should be played by violin in mm. the violin solo violin piece, mm-hmm. but it would not only not beautiful or not concert virtuoso piece, but it would be not right, uh, not mm. the main idea of composer.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> uh,
2: so we should to understand as much as possible the main idea of composer and try to say it to to express it. By different means, by different language, yes, <laughs> in yes, music. It means by means that other instrument. <laughs> I,
0: I feel that very deeply, um, in your transcription of the uh, the Vitali, uh, Chacon. And uh, uh th- there's so many moments in there where I was like, oh, what's what's Olga going to do in this bit? <laughs> and and you have such <laughs> ingenious and idiomatic and beautiful ways of of really bringing it to the piano. You know, I'm, I'm basically, I, I, I've thought for for a long time before I saw anybody else say anything similar that the, that the, the original Schikan um, Bach's original Schikan for solo violin was just really one of the greatest things that mankind has, has ever achieved. It's just you know incredible, and the and the Busoni transcription it's okay. <laughs> it's it's <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's I think it's an important piece in the in the piano repertoire. Uh, when the right people play it, I can have a really deep enjoyment of it. Um, but when I hear your version of the Vitali Shikon, I actually think this is a much deeper, much more successful piece than Bussoni's version of the Bach Shikon. And um I that oh. re- <laughs> this is really deep oh. praise. <laughs> and and I I I, I I want I really wish that that your that your transcription has a really, you know, a um an important place in in the piano repertoire, and I think it 's criminal that that um, I think not many people know about this i I just think it 's so deeply satisfying on a level that that satisfies me so much more than something like bussoni 's version of the Bach Khan and it 's such a gorgeous piece of music. Uh, again that's why I wanted you on the podcast I have no words
2: (laughs) how how to say you thank you I have no words I don't know (laughs) thank you
0: I, you know, I had such deep enjoyment from from learning uh, your uh, transcription, which which is very challenging. It's um, you make it sound so easy on your recording, but it, but it's very challenging. But not challenging in a way that because it's badly written, but just because you've written something so deep. You know, it's it's very challenging. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's amazing, um, uh, and and you've you've written so many transcriptions, and unfortunately, it's uh, it's not possible to uh, to listen to a lot of them i already uh, uh asked you before the interview uh, how many it's possible to to listen to i think there's there's some i'll put them in the show notes but yeah when you go on your website there are so many transcriptions uh, that you've made you obviously deeply love uh transcriptions uh, <laughs> um what, what are some of your other favorite transcriptions that, that you've made
2: thank you so so much i'm so happy to
0: hear Uh, it really deserves to be um, to be listened to by by so by by you know everybody uh this this we this piece needs to be performed by you know all the the great concert pianists it needs to be a proper part of the 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 mainstream piano repertoire i really believe that
2: thank you thank you so much Uh, I have made, for the moment, just three from uh, Rachmaninoff's romances and two of them uh, there are on the CD, but recently Mm -hmm. I have made also the third one, it's um, House Pot is Here, if I'm not wrong in English translation. Mm -hmm. Um, Also recently I have made one of the um, vocal pieces by Uh, Dargomychski. It's a very short piece. Uh, sorry.
0: Uh, so, by which composer?
2: Uh, Dargomyzhsky.
0: Oh, okay. I Don't think I know him. Uh,
2: yeah, it's the um, the young and the maiden. Ah,
0: okay. It's a very
2: mm. short piece, very short piece, but uh, I really like it.
3: Yes, yes.
2: <laughs> and it was uh, it was very interesting for me uh, to make this transcription uh, by his, but its style and uh, it's a very transparent music very easy to play, uh, but it was uh, stylistically, it was very interesting for me Mm -hmm. also to make it. Mm -hmm. But actually, maybe it's difficult to say uh, what of them, which of them is my favorite, because at the moment, when I'm working with one or another one, uh, of course, I'm I'm working so, I like it (laughs) so much, (laughs) and then... (laughs) Hmm. Also, I have made uh, two pieces to Rachmaninoff's work for piano duo. One of them for two pianos, mm-hmm. and another one for piano for hand. And for two pianos, it was the um, one movement from uh, string quartet um, of Rachmaninoff. Mm-hmm. It's this is the work he was not um, completed. He was not achieved. And uh, it was written by Rachmaninoff in his young years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of these movements, uh, it uh, also calls romance, but it's not for it's not a vocal piece. It's for string quartet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have made a transcription for two pianos.
0: Mm-hmm. What was the one for four hands?
2: <laughs> and for piano four hands, it was another movement from the same string ah, okay.
0: quartet. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to, have to, I'm going to have to order that at some point, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, d- did you listen to Earl Wilde's CD of his transcriptions of the Rachmaninoff songs?
2: Uh, I'm not sure.
0: Oh, if you've not heard the CD, I'm going to send you a, a link to this. Oh, you are in for a treat. Um, yeah, uh-huh. I, I think this would be one of my Desert Island CDs. Uh, you know the, the pianist Earl Wilde? Yes. Um, yes. Well, yeah. He he did. Um, he recorded a CD just just only of his transcriptions of Rachmaninoff songs. Ah, oh, oh, you're in for a treat oh, no, with that. No, I don't know this CD. Um, oh. Also, Volodos, I think, did some very interesting ones. Uh, have you heard some of the Volodos Rachmaninoff song transcriptions?
2: Uh Yes, I think I I think I know maybe all his transcriptions. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. But um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's very interesting because I think you know when when I was younger. Well, let's say even as recently as I think twenty years ago, I think that piano transcriptions were something that I, I got the impression that it was something that serious musicians turned their nose up uh, at and thought this isn't really, you know, this isn't serious. This is, and I think that in recent years transcriptions have become much more appreciated and, and much more important. I I oh. don't know. <laughs> is it would it is it the same in, in Russia like maybe yeah. sort of 20 30 years ago transcriptions weren't taken very seriously or
2: uh at least I can say that we have more and more transcription these last uh, maybe 10 years or mm. something like this. Mm. It's for sure, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think there's been a lot more respect uh that that they've had uh recently. Who were who some of your yeah. um, other favorite uh, composers for, for making transcriptions? Do you have other really favorite transcriptions
2: uh,
0: or paraphrases?
2: Uh, you mean for, for transcription, no, not generally, but for, to make transcriptions? Yeah,
0: yeah to, make, to make transcriptions. Uh,
2: maybe I can't, I can't say it's not a composer. It was an interesting uh, task for me to make a transcription from French music. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a sonata by Jean-Marie Leclerc, and one of the, maybe the most important reason uh, why it was so interesting for me, because the original piece uh, that I have chosen for this, it's a sonata for two violins, but without any bass ground.
1: Ah, (laughs) So just mm -hmm. two
2: violins. Uh, Yeah, so... uh, it's not of course it's not just uh, bach polyphony for violin solo mm-hmm. but uh, uh, i tried to uh, to have finally a concert piano piece with a full texture and maybe not extremely difficult uh, technically but uh, like a concert piece mm-hmm. and originally it just two voices uh, two violins <laughs>
0: Right. I didn't realize that when I listened to it. That's, uh, yeah, so that's a lot of filling in the spaces.
1: (laughs) Ah,
2: (laughs) thank you.
0: (laughs) Ah, Yes, yes. it
2: was interesting, very interesting to try. And uh, I can say that when... Um, it's not possible to take something in a very precise way, in a very distinct way, and to formulate what exactly uh, I tried to take from this example or another example. I mean, another um, other transcriptions. But of course, before uh, before this work, uh, I listened to different transcription, and I realized that the only example which uh, which is Comfortable for me in this way. Yeah, this is Rachmaninoff's transcription by Bach. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I tried to keep the same approach, the same the same approach to the original text. But in the same times, it's absolutely needed to put uh, mm. a lot of uh, additional notes and chords and uh, texture and so on. Yeah. for piano.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's no, it's great. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that now, um, bearing that in mind. And, <laughs> and what, what are some of your favorite transcriptions to play that are that are not by you? What What are some of the, the, your favorite transcriptions in the piano repertoire?
2: Uh <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's uh, Busoni's
0: all right. Okay. Okay. Other than the Busoni Schican, because I know, I know you like that because it's on your CD. <laughs> uh,
2: but, uh, but um, maybe it's because of original music.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because if you ask me, what is the piece from Transcriptions repertoire, and uh, I thought uh, which from these pieces I have played many times, or. Uh, yes, it's maybe Bukon is chuckle, but not because of this kind of transcription, because of the original piece.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I do wonder how popular it, it it would be if it just existed on its own without the original violin version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it sounds like you, so yeah, you share this sort of feeling that I have, which is like, well, it's it's lovely that we can play it as pianists. But it has its it has its issues. <laughs> um, but but yeah, but but lovely that, that we actually can play it. Um, what what have uh, you have you got plans for your career as a as an international concert pianist? Are we going to see you in in the UK uh, uh, at any point? I think you're playing in France. Yeah, where where have you played other than Russia? Quite a lot. And and what's what's your plans for the future?
2: Uh, I have played in many countries: in France, in Italy, in Spain, mm. uh, in the United States, mm-hmm. uh, even in Latin America. Mm. Uh, actually, I don't remember. In many countries: in Greece, in uh, and so on. Okay, just not <laughs> <Maybe>. England. Uh, <laughs> no, not yet. Unfortunately, not yet. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm well I'm sure we'd love to, to see you over here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> have you, have you got, no, it
2: would be a great pleasure.
0: <laughs> um have you got any more CDs on the horizon? Maybe maybe with loads of your transcriptions?
2: For the moment I don't have, I hope. <laughs> yeah, mm. that I will have, but no, for the moment it was just the first CD and the only CD that I have.
0: Mm-hmm. Did, yeah, what's what's it like recording? Do you do you enjoy recording?
2: Uh yes. Yes it was it was the first experience mm. uh, so of course there are some things that I couldn't suppose before
3: mm. or
2: uh, just suppose but I did not know exactly mm. Mm. but it was a great experience it was a very good and very pleasant work and yes I like it <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's I, do you know I I really just can't stand recording what's your secret for performing to a red light um, when you're recording, and having all that beautiful expression, and having all of the, the, um, the the counterpoint, and you know everything sounding so good, because I think that you know generally as as pianists we we tend to have experience performing to an audience, and so you know I, I think that it's much easier to get used to that because it's something that happens quite a lot. How do you manage to play to a red light? and still be able to express and connect in that way that you would do with an audience? Uh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: So all your questions are excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, The way to play for me, and I don't see the difference from this side between the real concert, live concert, and recording, Mm -hmm. I mean, from this side, is to be... uh, I could say to be concentrated, but not in uh, not in a precise sense, to be concentrated on the music, mm. uh, to be into, inside of the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this is the best, this is the most pleasant way, and uh, this is the best way yeah, <laughs> to yeah. be able to play in the best way possible. Yeah. But it's not a concentrated, like, to have more... Intention or something like this it's just uh, i want to say to be inside of this music do not feel do not uh, see um, anything besides this so really to live uh, yeah. in the performance in the yeah
0: yeah uh, i think that can be really deep uh, um i think yeah I, I know you've listened to some of the uh, the other podcast episodes that that we 've done yeah. and, uh, and so that 's kind of a, a common theme that that I try and come back to, which is that you know that I think a lot of people just think that what you have to do is concentrate really hard hard on what what your fingers are doing, and that this is really very fundamentally the the wrong approach, so when you are practicing in your own time at home and, and you're you 're learning a piece and you, and you 're developing and, and you 're doing all your practice. Are you practicing as well like this sense of getting inside the piece of, of really um, fully inhabiting being inside the, the music um, and and if so how do you do that? How, how do you personally practice that?
2: Uh, yes, I think that this is the best way to practice to be inside that music and mm. I think that when we start in UPS, especially if it's a difficult piece or we could have a lot of technical problems or something mm-hmm. like this, and we should work with this. Uh, just because of these problems, it's not possible because uh, we have a real sound, and if we have a wrong note or not the real tempo and so on, so on, mm-hmm. all the kind of difficulties with uh, which we should work, uh, it's just not possible when we begin to start in UPS or begin to work with it. mm mm-hmm. But uh, uh, also, it's an interesting question, and uh, um, I try um, I try to give an example, which also um, I explain sometimes. Uh, When we have a text, any text, uh, and uh, the meaning of this text is very essential; is the most essential thing for us. So, if we understand what it means. It gives the way to learn it and Mm -hmm. to work with this. And this way, it's much more, it's more effective and the most effective way. than just we put all the right notes and the right tempo and uh, no technical problems. And then we try to find a musical meaning. Right. I think it's not only, uh, yeah. So try to understand this music. This is the first task.
0: Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. of
2: course for this you should be inside as much as
0: possible yes yes
2: and it doesn't mean that we don't have any other problems technical <laughs> and so on but it means that this is the fastest way and the most efficient way to work with them yes <laughs> I think
0: so. yes well it's interesting what you were saying just before about you know the feeling of being concentrated in the music but then you're saying that that might not be quite the right way of of saying it and and um you know, this is something that I've been saying to, to a lot of all of my students, because I see this very common trap that, that people, they, they feel that they have to like concentrate in like with that it's like, it's difficult and that they're not listening. They're not feeling, but, but they're having to really think and focus and concentrate on, on everything that is technical. And, um, yeah uh, this <laughs> and and I think a lot of them they just don't believe me when I say to them that that they don't want to do this, and a lot of them say, But I have to <laughs> because it's difficult <laughs> 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 and and then <laughs> so
1: <it wasn't, laughs> yeah uh- yeah, well,
0: well, yeah, but then my answer to that is that it's like well then slow it down and work on small bits of it then until it's not difficult um but i mean yeah what what are your thoughts on that? <laughs>
2: Uh, it was exactly for me that i started to listen to this conversation about the concentration <laughs> and my first thought it was uh, for me it seems like something strange because uh, how we could be not concentrated and just one minute uh, later <laughs> or maybe less um, it was obvious that the meaning is the same so maybe just mm. a different type to express this yes uh, but uh, exactly i thought about the same but for me for our students and maybe it's also because of the language i don't know mm. but always i say you should be concentrated on the music yeah that exactly means do not be so concentrated on the technical things yes and of course yes uh, how can i be not concentrated it's difficult so i say <laughs> if you want to be successful with this
1: <laughs> you should start with the yeah.
2: meaning. Yeah.
1: yeah and yeah.
2: for example, the difficult things for for our for every student, I don't know, but for our students, is to play without the scores, mm-hmm. and so they try to learn just the score, just the text, and then to think about the music. And so I said, okay, if you have a task to learn the text in a foreign language, do you understand that firstly you should translate it and to understand, mm-hmm. and so you will learn it. Three times faster, mm-hmm. so the music this is the same if you don't understand the music, of course, you need a weeks to learn it, but if you understand it more uh, it's the fastest way
0: yeah, 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 I, I think your um uh, on your website your your list of repertoire is um, it's huge so do you do you have any <laughs> do you have tips uh, for how to memorize? I know this is a question that comes up loads um, what what are the ways that you speed up and make secure learning something by by heart, by memory?
2: Yes, I think my general way is to understand. And if we understand something, the question is not to remember. But uh, if we really understand something, it's not a question to remember. We just know mm. this.
0: <laughs> so it's interesting. You obviously have a deep understanding because you've done all these transcriptions. And, um, uh, and so I mean, especially from from the Vitali transcription um, you obviously have very, very strong compositional skills. Um, how much do you recommend that side of things to your students?
2: Um, I think that this is just a consequence of the system of the systematical education mm. because uh, when we are students, we learn the. Harmony and polyphony and history of music and piano and so on and so on mm. and uh, all all these subjects all these um, Different fields of course they are about music they are connected with music but for us I mean for students they are like something different and finally if we continue to work uh, We understand and uh, one moment we can understand that this is just one music Mm. For example, for me, uh, right now, for the moment, if I say that I hear this or I understand this structure or piece or uh, kind of texture and so on, this is exactly the same. Mm. I hear, it means that I understand, and I understand it means that that I hear. Uh, I don't know how to express it more precisely, (laughs) even in Russian, it's absolutely the same, (laughs) but it's really so exactly i hear that i understand and the opposite
0: mm. that's, that's
2: interesting it's final it's result of all these kind of uh, uh, studying of learning the different initially different fields of music but finally this is just music this is something whole mm.
0: so so you're saying that in the russian system most pianists are then able to just write their own transcriptions with quite sophisticated counterpoint and polyphony in the style that you've done, because this is just how the Russian system is. Is that what pretty much most, maybe not uh, to the incredible level that you did with your Chaconne, uh, with your Vitali Chaconne, but is this something most <laughs> Russian pianists can do, more or less?
2: Uh- Actually, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to say that, uh, no, because of course you need a special, um, I don't know, like uh, um, some people like one thing and another just like another thing. Okay. So maybe we have initially we have some kinds and we should have some kinds of professional knowledge in different fields like Mm. harmony and polyphony and so on, Mm. but uh, some pianists used it just to understand the musical text and another approach for this is maybe a little bit more active or something like this if you can create something with this it's not necessary just to be a pianist Mm
3: -hmm. (laughs) so maybe
2: it's not interesting for all pianists Mm -hmm. but I mean that the knowledge of this initial knowledge of this field not to create but to understand to learn to to learn by memory Mm
0: -hmm. and so
2: on Yes, I think it's necessary.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, when you look at all the the really great pianists in history, I'd say a giant proportion of them were able to compose and arrange and do transcriptions and all that kind of stuff. Because, yeah, I mean, it just makes logical sense as well that you're saying in order to memorize something, you need to really deeply understand it. If you can compose and arrange... Um, it seems logical that, that you're going to be able to understand it deeper. Is that something that, that, that yeah, what's what's your thoughts on that?
2: Uh, <laughs> maybe for me, uh, well, I could be wrong, I don't know, I'm not a composer. <laughs> uh, I think not exactly, I think that Mm, It's also a special kind of hearing, Mm -hmm. uh, hearing of music, not an internal hearing, but hearing of music. Mm -hmm. And also it's my personal thoughts, my personal maybe experience also. uh, I think that the art of transcription, it's a special, absolutely special kind of musical arts Mm -hmm. because, yes, there are something from composer art in this. uh, It's obvious if you should put the notes and create... uh, texture uh, and so on. But I think that these kind of works, these kind of pieces that you can create with this uh, art, um, there is uh, more um, like a performance experience in these compositions than uh, just a composer's art. And for example, Busoni uh, who was a composer also. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: we know uh, we know him more like a pianist or uh, his transcription, but much less uh, like a composer. I think that uh, sometimes, uh, because I know also some examples of Russian pianists, and they are also composers by education or they can compose, mm. but we don't know actually them like a composers because uh, maybe they are not so... Um, outstanding composers
1: mm-hmm.
2: but the transcriptions are really great mm-hmm. and really wonderful because they are great pianists mm-hmm. so I think that uh, at least sometimes and maybe even mostly uh, these kind of compositions these kind of pieces I mean piano tra- also transcriptions but first of all the piano transcriptions um, they are based this is like um, you know, performance experience but written by the scores, so written by the means of composer. Mm-hmm. It's not the same, like, just create a piece.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you listen yeah. to a, a lot of uh, other viol- so, so, yeah, so so you love just the Bach oh, Busoni. What other violin music? What, what's your <laughs> other favourite violin stuff?
2: Uh, I like uh, so much the Sibelius concerto, violin ah, concerto, mm, yeah, yeah. for example, but actually, I think a lot of pieces. Uh, generally, I love the violin repertoire, the violin music.
0: Do you think that helps your piano playing to to be really familiar with how the violin sings?
2: Of course, it's not only violin. I think it's absolutely necessary as much as possible.
0: <laughs> yes. Of mm. course. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> exactly I, I think for of course,
2: to understand.
0: I, I I think so, but
2: <laughs> to understand music.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, yeah. music
2: is something whole, of course.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think this is something that is only, of course, to um, to <laughs> professionals and concert pianists, because almost all amateur pianists who I listen to never listen to the violin and never listen to other stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's worth actually emphasising how valuable um, this stuff is. Um, I, I picked up one of my old scores um, that my piano teacher had been teaching me and all over it, had been writing like a violin <laughs> uh, stuff like that but oh, um, <laughs> um, anyway the, the, yeah we had a, a, a lovely long chat um, uh, we, we should uh, probably wrap it up um, I've really really enjoyed chatting to you and thank you so so much for, for your time uh, and your enthusiasm thank
2: you so so much yeah I was extremely happy to chat and thank you so so
1: much
0: <laughs> and, and Thank you again, you know, for for this beautiful gift of these transcriptions and this this amazing gift of this Vitali Shikan, which which I really hope um, more people are uh, are going to go and check out. And uh, I would love to to really hear this uh, being a a mainstream repertoire thing. I think it's just a masterpiece. It it really is. Uh, that your your specifically what you have done with it is really a masterpiece.
2: <laughs> Thank you so so much.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
2: And I think that. Uh, your podcast it's really fantastic oh, thank <laughs> i was you very, very much. impressed thank you <laughs> no but uh, it's so thank you for your for your great work and for your ideas and uh, yes it's really fantastic
0: it's lovely to 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 hear back from from someone that that you know i respect and and look up to uh, so much to have all that lovely feedback from you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, so, so yeah, to, to, uh, to the audience, um, uh, do check out the show notes. There's going to be quite a lot in the show notes uh, for this episode today. And um, thank you very much for listening into this podcast. And uh, I'll, I'll probably put a, uh, record something else to come after this. Uh, but thanks very much for listening. And uh, goodbye, everyone. Uh, bye.